outside And I'm feeling like stripes They hitting on me and my homie Cause our minds not enlightened They mad cause we just got the passion Never slacking or lagging The funny thing is step up to us You know we bout that action But look Alright, welcome back to the Savant Podcast, and this is episode 50. Uh, so here at the Savant Podcast, we fulfill all your pop culture needs every week, including artist interviews, sports talk, streaming talk, album and song reviews, and video games. And so it is episode 50, uh, so we've made it to the half century uh, mark, and it's only fitting that we have VZ on as uh, probably his favorite rapper is 50 Cent, you would say. It's 50. You already know. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. G-Unit. And uh, Issue, how you doing, man? We're at episode 50, uh, the half-century mark. How does it feel? I mean, it feels good, and it's also good to be back. Like, this is, like, 50 episodes in, so that's, like, a big milestone. And, like, the only way to go is up, but um, it's good to hear from both of y'all. And I can't wait to get into all the interesting topics that we have for today. Yeah, super stoked. Uh, so we got VZ on. Obviously, we're going to talk some basketball, some playoff talk, some Pusha T and future album reviews. We're not going to do too intense album reviews like we did for the uh, Weekend and uh, Gunna album uh, with VZ and Newspaper. Uh, but we're going to uh, just do kind of a, a general breakdown, our general thoughts of, you know, top five, you know, songs, production, and not do full discography review, but kind of compare it to uh, the gist of a discography for those artists. Uh, but we're going to start off today. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, so the YSL, the Rico uh, case that's going on right now. Uh, so if you're not familiar, uh, so YSL is the the record label started by Young Thug. You know, you also got uh, Gunna attached to that. Lil Keed, rest in peace. Uh, he passed away uh, just over the weekend. But also you got uh, Duke on there, lots of other artists. Uh, but essentially, so Young Thug and 27 others were indicted on uh, 56 counts, uh, basically around the RICO charge. So if you're not familiar with the RICO charge, uh, so it's a racketeering law, a racketeering, uh, law uh, that was essentially implemented back in, uh, I believe, late 80s, 90s, uh, essentially to put away the mob, uh, and specifically John Gotti, and uh you know all the families you know revolving around new york yeah it's unfortunate um but i'm just gonna get first off vz uh your general thoughts when you first heard this uh and then yeah the the sad news yeah like i just opened up my facebook and then i saw like gunna and 25 others have been um arrested on rico charges i was just i don't even know what to say i kind of was just like "Mm." I knew this was coming, and then um, then part of me is just like, fuck, like, what bullshit-ass timing is this shit, you know what I'm saying? I'll correct you on one thing, Noah. Rico got established in 1970, but um, it's so random, like, not random, but just, like, it was the weirdest timing, I should say, like, in terms of, like, 
it was just so weird. I don't even know. I'm kind of speechless. I I don't know. It was I kind of knew it was coming, but I didn't think it was just like done right there. But yeah, I don't even. Oh, I'm still kind of as you can tell. Like I'm still trying to figure out like what the fuck. Kind of I kind of shook because the year that the gun has been having too, right? So it's kind of just like a shitty timing. Yeah, and then what about you issue? Obviously, you know, you're not the biggest, you know, Thug and Gunna fan, but in in the circumstances, you know, compared to me and VZ, you know, the neighborhood that you've, you know, grown up in and what you've been privy to, um, when you first heard this case, what were your thoughts? And then obviously, you know, Young Thug and Gunna being two of like probably the top 10 biggest, you know, rappers uh, in the last year or so. Uh, for me, I say it was unexpected and it just kind of happened randomly. Um... Cause as you know, like we, you know, we seen uh Young Thug just like get ready to start promo for uh his uh, next album that was supposed to be coming out. Gonna just previously released an album. We talked about that, and it was just like random. I went on social media, and a bunch of a shitload of articles were on Twitter about how uh, Young Thug uh just got arrested on RICO charges, and a little bit after that, articles swamped the internet about how Gunna turned himself in. And it was just crazy to me because it was like, for me, it was just, it was, I didn't know that none of this was happening. It was just like random. I don't know. It just seemed like out of nowhere. I mean, it seemed like when everything was just like mellow and stagnant, like things were just going slow and, you know, it was just like, boom, Young Thug got arrested on a shitload of charges. And like, I think he was caught in possession with a few things as well. So it was just crazy for me. And it was unexpected as well. And they had Gunna also turned himself in and, you know, what happened to Key literally a few days after. It was just crazy for me. And I don't know. It was just like unexpected. So and I'm kind of speechless as well. Yeah, rest in peace to Keed and um, his uh, his brother, uh, Lil Goddard. Yeah, he he was on Instagram Live and he basically, you know, told the events when they rushed in the hospital. But yeah, that's super sad. And yeah, I think he was on, uh, No Jumper was releasing clips, but he was on there talking about you know, being signed to YSL, YSL and not saying it, saying it's not a gang. Uh, but let's go through some of the kind of charges that I bring down. So obviously Young Thug's real name is Jeffrey Williams. So that's throughout this whole case. But yeah, so it's a 56 count grand jury indictment, uh, which accuses some of the members of, you know, violent crimes, including attempted murder, aggravated assaults with a deadly weapon, armed robbery, other alleged offenses going back, you know, 13 years. Uh, but it's an 88-page indictment, and so it's bringing, it's being brought down by the the DA's office in uh, in Georgia, and uh, yes, yeah, she is, uh, you know, she is black, and and I believe I believe there is um, an election coming up, so a lot of times you know people are thinking that you know the timing of this, and a lot of times you know these you know big cases, and this is probably not going to go to trial for two years. Like, if we're being honest, you know, if you look back at the, the 6 9 case, it was like a year and a half or two years. But this is like arguably crazier than the 6 9 case because not only does it involve, you know, YSL, it also involves, you know, YFN Lucci, who's in, you know, jail right now. And essentially, I think they've, you know, they have about 50 members on, uh, combined on both sides. And the problem is with it, with all these crazy charges and, you know, Young Thug. In his lyrics, you know, he's talking about being the boss. And the problem with it is you only need a few guys to rat after they're facing, you know, you know, 20 to life for him. So he's going to have to take a plea. Like, he can't go to trial for this. 
you know, and it's, it's ironic. A lot of, you know, some of these songs, he's, you know, take it a trial, you know, my lawyer beat the case. You know, he obviously had that one, uh, the EP on the run. And yeah, I believe he was in jail right before the release of that project. But yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. Um, but yeah, he's gonna see some years at the end of the day because they're taking it real serious. And I don't know, if anyone's familiar, you know, back in the day, you know, when he was like really tight with Birdman, and you know, anyone who's listening to Thug, you know the the Lil Wayne influence and the sound. But you know, Thug has you know talked about you know multiple times about how Wayne has not shown him respect. And he he talks about multiple interviews and stuff like that, and how he doesn't like when he first met him, he didn't dap him up, and he just didn't he didn't appreciate that. And then you know back in I think it was 2013, you know there was a shooting on Wayne's tour bus, and one of the guys in this case was accused, you know, of that. And I remember back then it was like Birdman and you know Thug potentially had this you know go down. But uh, yeah, VZ, I'll get you to chime in here of the so just of like all of the previous you know. Because obviously, you know, we've known Thug is kind of hard. You know, he lives that hard lifestyle. Obviously, some of the lyrics they have, I don't have them up right now, but some of the lyrics they have in this case, pretty crazy. And and it should it should be said that a lot of people online are saying that they just use the lyrics, but they're using these crimes that were committed, or some of these are alleged crimes, and then using the lyrics as probable cause. Uh, but I just want to get your take on just the last, you know, 13 years, you know, Thug's been in the limelight and how he's kind of towed that line, you know, between uh, straight and the gangster lifestyle. Man, this is just like, I remember hearing about this. I think it was either 2013 or 14, but I just remember hearing about this on, it was on Twitter. And then I was like, what the fuck? It was so shocking because like, at that time, hip hop was like, was still gang shit, like you know the Chirac motherfuckers. But like, this is like ATL was ATL was quiet for a bit. You know what I mean? Obviously, Gucci and fucking Jeezy had their situation. ATL didn't have like shootout shit maybe since like Ti and Little Flip or Jeezy and Gucci. But when that like an artist from ATL like associated himself with like some shit like that. Not associated, but like, you know, pretty common knowledge, you had something to do with it. That kind of blew things off the air. And then I remember, like, a year later, it's like, what happened to that boy? Like, that, like, what the fuck happened to that case? And then I started, I started reading some shit. I was like, these motherfuckers were pulling all the information starting that date. And that's when, like, Birdman and Thug were all about the cash money millionaires. Um, I forget the other group they were part of as well. Rich Gang. So it was just, I don't even know what these motherfuckers were doing. And um, a lot of Thug's lyrics, especially, started coming out. Yeah, they were a little bit, you know, ready for some fucked up shit on there. But all I have to say is, like, what's that podcast with Waylo and... um. Anyways, that whole podcast of Waylor and and uh, he had Young Thug on there and shit. And Gilly and Gilly and Gilly the kid, yeah. So I was watching, I was watching that podcast and just today too. I like everything that Waylor said happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, you know, Thug's baby mom got shot up, and next thing you know, motherfuckers is getting like pulled in left and right for the Rico charge, and it sucks because like you know. 
feel for Thug's kids. They lost their mom, and now they might potentially lose their father for an extent of time. And it, it's horrible. And then Young Thug's father starts speaking out as well. And it's just it's just a shit show. And Gunna is, like, having a great year, like, with pushing P and, like, beating the weekend out of the number one spot back in December. Like, you know what I'm saying? It, it was just... I don't even know. Like, I could go on, like, hours about this. But, like, it, it, it's just, like, I was talking to my homie. Shout out to Antonio. I'm more of his hip-hop source, like, with that crew. Like, I'm, like, that that type like that type of friend. We are just talking about I'm like, yo, if you got, if the main thing, if you want to stay in the street and do that gang-gang shit, do that. Because that shit will fuck your money up hard. Like, Follow the old school rappers how they did, like 50. Like, he robbed a motherfucker on the stage in 2014. He robbed robbed Gunplay's chain line on camera. Like, figure something out. But don't have your hands dirty on some shit that will cost you money and potential for your own kids. That's what I'm just trying to figure out. Like, if you make it, get out of that gang shit. Like, I get if people are, like, having that, like, whole reference because they... Don't want to see that soft image or this and that. Who gives a fuck? You got money at the end of the day. If people like you, they like you. If they don't, keep it moving. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just really unfortunate that we're seeing one of the two great rappers, well, not great rappers, the biggest rappers over the last year falling into some bullshit like this. And a Rico charge, a lot of people are saying, like, gonna walk, gonna walk. No, man. This has been implemented in the mob in 1970. Like, do you see any of those guys talk about the coppers and anything like that? If you associate with Rico, you're you're fucked. And if they're planning on using lyrics in that in the court, here's my thing because I know Jay and Meek did. They established like this whole like I don't know if it's a company or interest or some shit about protecting rappers against their own lyrics. So it's gonna be interesting. This is definitely gonna be an interesting next couple of years for hip hop. Obviously, I do really feel like and Thug and Thug and Gunner don't want to do jail time. They actually have to like snitch. But now it's up to them. The ball's in their court. But to end this whole segment off on of my end, all I gotta say is just tread lightly, watch who you're around with. And at the end of the day, it's just super fucking sad how hip hop has turned now in terms of like this type of bullshit. And Honestly, if they can get out of this, it'll be a great documentary. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, 50 Cent should, like, take a page off this and make some make some show about it. That's the way I think of it. Yeah, that's low-key cruel. Make some money off this. But, okay, so I should, should say, and and w- with Gunna, what he's being... So I think he's just being charged with uh, racketeering influence. The fact that, you know, he has the YSL chain and the tattoo and people are getting pissed online about that but like this is gangs yeah this is not like they're okay and like if you look at the lyrics and you look at you know some of the stuff like there's literally a car that they have that thug rented and was used for a shooting like that's like that's like confirmed and you know here's like here's some lyrics here that they have these motherfuckers man. Uh, this is off uh, 2018's anybody but i'm prepared to take take them down uh from slime shit murder murder gang shit i never killed anyone but i got something to do with the body like that that that's like yeah and and what you said about thug snitching he can't snitch 
he's they're going after him. They're go- he's the top. He's the top. They go. They think he's like he. They think he's the kingpin. So, yeah, he like he might he might have to do minimum twenty or uh, ten, like if he cops a plea. But I should say this: bringing up fifty, and also bringing up you know Atlanta Ti, and I also want to bring up Snoop Dogg. Yeah, and. You know, I was watching uh, No Jumper and uh, AD and T-Rell were talking about, they had some guy on, they're talking about gang life and how after a certain age, it's just like, it's too corny and, because, you know, they're talking about how they they would go to jail and they meet guys who are like serving life, no parole and are still about that. And they're just like, they're brainwashed. They're just like, yo. But, uh, you know, Snoop, um, going back to Snoop, he potentially told you know, potentially T.I. potentially told there's all these rumors about 50. So it's like you can't live. No one was able to live that lifestyle and still be hard in their, you know, in their rap. So and this is all allegedly, I'm just saying, because they were facing some years and they didn't. They didn't. They didn't, you know, go to jail. So that's another thing uh, we don't have to get into. Uh, but yeah, issue, I'll, I'll let you end this off. Just, yeah, overall thoughts. And then, yeah, potentially do you see yeah, some other charges being you know, brought down uh, throughout the rap game? Because it seems like, well, specifically Georgia, they want to clean stuff up. But we've seen in the past, you know, New York, you know, the mayor wanted to clean up drill and such and such. Yeah, I remember talking to um, a, a relative about how the mayor was meeting with uh, a bunch of gang members and different stuff and the whole like drill movement scene. And because... Um, you know, from from my knowledge, and I don't know a lot because I'm not like into that uh, specific line of work or like that specific situation. Like I'm like, I hardly know anything. Like I, I mainly heard people talking about how like the drill, like a lot of drill songs, especially in New York, has been like basically people just like explaining like stuff that they did and and what they're gonna do and how the mayor wanted to stop it and it's just it's just been crazy so i could definitely say i can i'll like later on down the line we'll see like more charges from many different rappers after this situation i think that this is going to spark up a whole new period of time you know maybe even longer than that of like different you know rappers who who've been involved in gangs and stuff just like you know just hear about random stuff like this i think this is only just the beginning and i think it's only going to get crazier so I just hope that anybody who was a part of who's a part of that, you know, gang life, et cetera, you know, if you're doing music, you like you you have to be like very cautious. And like I feel like once you make it, that's when you gotta kinda distance yourself from that because you can't be a gang member and uh still be a, a multi million selling artist at the same time. You can't those things don't mix. And this is just another example of that. So it's just been crazy. And that's pretty much uh, my thoughts on this whole like situation. Yeah, I think Bobby Schroeder said it best. He like he was talking about with academics about about six nine snitching and and he was like, "What do you expect? Like you're you're surrounding yourself with civilians, people who pay taxes, and you expect that they're not going to tell." Like he's like, "It's it's just stupid." Um, so it was nice, you know, hearing him say that, but uh, not to give not to bring up six nine or whatever. But let's get into some basketball. Uh, so obviously some big. Big game sevens today. Uh, so we'll start at the Eastern Conference. Uh, so VZ Celtics were able to knock off the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. My, minus Middleton. We should we should point that out. But it was a good series nonetheless. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, good series nonetheless. Uh, 
yeah, if Middleton play, that's then no question about this series. But uh, yeah, no, uh, big game for uh, what's his face? Uh, who had uh, seven threes? Robert Grant, Williams. Uh, Grant Williams. Grant Williams. Grant Williams. Big game for him. Uh, yeah, career career playoff high. Yeah, their defense really came through in Game Seven at home. And yeah, the best defensive team all year. Obviously, you have a defensive player of the year. We'll get into the fact that he's probably not the best defensive player in the league. But best defensive player on the best defensive team, sure. But yeah, I like their chances against the Heat. So obviously the Heat, you know, knocked off the Sixers. We'll get into that in a sec. I like their chances, just how uh, the Heat kind of, not necessarily faded, but, you know, they did give two away uh, to the Sixers back pretty quick. And, you know, I'm curious to see about Kyle Lowry's health going into uh, the conference finals. Uh, But I do think, you know, Tyler Harrow is definitely an X-factor in this series, as is, you know, like a Grant Williams or any other guys coming off the bench for the Sixers. But yeah, issue. I'll go to you first. Uh, so yeah, what are your thoughts for the Heat going up against the Celtics and then the defending champs Bucks uh, losing, obviously without their number two guy, but it was a, it was a good series nonetheless. You know, and the crazy thing is like, just like a few hours ago, my mom had called me and she was like about to place a bet on FanDuel and she asked me, he said, oh, who you think going to win the Celtics or the Bucks? I'm about to put money down on um, one of the teams because I think it's my first time using FanDuel. So I told her go for the Bucks because normally whenever I, you know, I'm rooting against the Bucks, they always manage to win. Like that Phoenix series last year, the Nets series. I remember there was a Nets series when the Bucks and the Nets were going at it. Bucks won. So I said, let me go with the Bucks this time. Told her to go to, for the Bucks, and now, like just now, I found out. Like I wasn't even paying attention to that. Just now, as we were recording, I found out that the um the Celtics won. As far as the Celtics going to the Celtics are playing the Miami Heat, right, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, regarding that, I think that the Celtics are definitely gonna win. But like, I can't even lie. From the times that I have been watching the Heat, I like I like what I've seen from Jimmy um Jimmy Butler. Yeah, because I feel like. After that final series that they were in with the Lakers, like that that next season, it kind of just it wasn't you know as as fun as it was when they were in the bubble. But uh, I can't lie, uh, Jimmy Butler has definitely stepped up. So I think that he has the potential to perform well during this playoff series. But the Celtics just like came out of nowhere, and I remember uh, a lot of people were saying the Celtics aren't as good as we think they are, and now they're um going to the Eastern Conference Finals, Jason Tatum, hell of a year for him. So I think that the Celtics will win that series. Um, but regarding the Bucs, I'm, I'm definitely disappointed with them because normally, like, Game 7s, they always, like, stay strong and they always pull off a win. But this, I don't know, it's crazy. That's the, I didn't watch the game, so, like, those are just my thoughts from, like, the, the games that I did see. But um, I'm excited to see um, Tatum perform in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think he has the potential – to to beat the Heat and I think that uh they already beat the Bucks and I think considering that they did defeat the Bucks in the game seven that the Heat may be a little bit uh of a uh, easy way for them to get to the finals. Yeah, what were you busy? Man, I'm I'm just I'm just so happy, bro. Like fucking I, I don't even I, I I was watching the game and I was just I was living a couple of things I did observe. The Celtics have defended Giannis. They're the only team that can defend Giannis properly. Here's the thing. Giannis, you know, he got his 29, 20 boards. You know, he's near triple-double bullshit, 100%. That's sick. You got to give props. I still think Giannis is the best player in the league. That's that's just my opinion. 
motherfuckers is lucky he ain't got no three-point shot like that, though. Because if that develops, it's fucking game over. No, like, I was watching how they were defending him. And you know what? Part of this blame has to go Mike Boldenhauser. The offensive sets they were running. Oh, my God. Like, Giannis was going after guys. Like, it was one versus four. Like, it was horrible. I was like, Mike Boldenhauser, what the fuck is you doing, bro? So, anyways, I watched the game. And... As soon as I saw Williams hit that three, I was like, okay. Like, he was he was cold for the first half. And next thing, he was like, bam, 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 bam. I was like, it felt like this guy shot, like, 20 threes. I looked at it. He attempted 17 threes. I was like, what the fuck? Who the hell let this motherfucker open? Because he's a great three-point shooter. Like, did they miss the stat on that? Like, his average three-point shooting career percentage is above 40%. He's been in the league for three, four years. And the Tatum is just, oh, my God. Like, that was just unreal. Like, this this rivalry is, it's going to grow in the future because every single player on that team on both sides fit the timeline between a championship caliber. Like, except for Al Horford. That's a motherfucker going to retire in two years. Hey, man, he's had, he had some throwback. He had some throwback in that series. And I was so surprised when Horford dropped, like, 35 points the other game. I was like, holy shit, I'm in her I mean this is the most points he scored since he was with Atlanta. This is like this is crazy. And I've always thought Al Horford's been most one of the most underrated players over the last 10 plus years. But that game was just unreal. Like, you gotta get props to Giannis, man. Drew Holiday, ooh. I'm telling you, I always you guys know this. I always give my flowers to Drew Holiday as one of the most underrated players. And in my opinion, one of the, the best perimeter defender in the league. This is my this is my facts. People say Marcus Smart, um, Giannis, but motherfucking Giannis doesn't guard the best player in the league. We both know this. All three of us know this. They don't. He doesn't guard the best player in the team. But I'm happy that the Celtics won. They've been my team. But for against against Miami, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be easier. Um, it all depends on Kyle's health. Because he's a difference maker on both ends of the floor, even at the age of 36. So, in my opinion, it's Celtics are going to win this. I think it's going to be going to six games. Definitely Heat's going to steal one, in my opinion. But Hero is the X factor. Like, And, is the, and Vic, people forgetting Victor Oladipo, too. Like, If he's healthy and fully engaged, he could be a difference maker still on both ends of the floor. Like, He locked up Harden, which will get that. We'll, which we'll get into that in the next session here. He locked up Harden pretty hard. Like he's full full court pressuring his ass. So I f- I feel like if Oladipo can um you know get his feet back wet permanently, he's gonna be the difference maker. Him and Hero. So that's literally and then the Bucks now they just it's it's crazy. I I I don't even know. And I arguably think this game with uh, Chris Middleton. I think this game would have been close if he was playing today. Not this bum-ass whipping that they got today. It would have been close, but I still think Celtics would have would have won. Not by a large, but a small portion. Yeah, if Middleton played, the Bucks would have won in six. Um, let's just say that. But uh, I think for the Heat, I think uh, Jimmy needs to average like 40 in the series. Like, I think for them to like... And I think if he does, I think they win. Yeah. But I think he needs to be better than Tatum. Like that... Like he has impossible, to, which man. is no, it's not impossible because you know, 
never know with Jimmy. You never know. And then you never know with, with Bam as well. Bam, like, he could have a big series, but uh, yeah, they have to be perfect, I think, to beat the Celtics. That's for sure. They can throw anything at Jimmy, though, man. Yeah. They can throw Grant. Robert Williams, he comes back. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, you can get Marcus Smart. Horford. Yeah. Got weapons, bro. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's talk about the Sixers a little bit. Uh, so yeah, obviously, Embiid, unreal year. You know, arguably, you know, he was the MVP. But, uh, you know, Jokic got that, you know, second year in a row. But yeah, Harden, you know, he had that one kind of throwback game. But yeah, he didn't really look like himself. I still feel like his hamstring, there's something, you know, going on with that. He hasn't been the same since then. But yeah, if I'm being honest, like, I think Doc Doc was the problem. Because the way they, they played in game six... Yeah, I think they they pretty much got blown out. But the way they played in that game with a chance to, you know, kind of swing the series and, like, even late in the game. And, and yeah, Harden, this is, you know, kind of been the case in a lot of, uh, you know, Houston. He kind of played his way out of there, you know, played his way. You know, I don't know if he played his way out of the Nets. I think definitely the, you know, if, you know, had, had, had the whole vaccine thing not working out, I think Harden definitely made the right decision leaving, but um, obviously the but the Nets didn't even go through, so you know there's not really an argument there. But yeah, I don't know. I think they they definitely got to give another shot with Harden and Embiid. I think a full summer together definitely because there was moments where they looked kind of unstoppable, but yeah, Harden just athletically he's just not the same player. And yeah, and yeah, Victor Oladipo, who's pretty much played like I don't know like ten games in two years was able to lock his ass up. So it's that definitely something going on physically with him. And he doesn't look, you know, he does look better shaped than he did last year, but still there's something with his speed and and the free throws, that's obviously a factor because, you know, the rule changes. Um, but he's just not, like, he took two shots in the last half of that game. That's There's no excuse for that. There's no excuse. Like, literally, people were shitting on Ben Simmons for that, for two shots or whatever. Yeah, literally like two shots, and then this guy two shots, and like, and I feel bad for Maxi because he really had to fucking shoot the lights out the whole playoffs. And and shout out to him, he did seem annoyed at Harden. The end, all like same with Green. And it's funny that uh, I don't know if you saw Green, he tore his ACL and LC or MCL, but it was essentially like in the blowout. I think it was. Embiid was trying to get a rebound, and he, like, bumped into him or something Muffet like that. Is done. Like, it was some freak thing like that. And he, his career might be over. Like, I don't, know if he can, I don't know if he can come back from that. Yeah, he's done. So, VZ, what do you think about Doc? Like, obviously, they said he's probably coming back, like, giving him one more chance. I just think, like, I think Doc is just out of touch, and, like, he just can't get over the hump, like, anymore. Like, I don't know. I saw Doc's, like, mid-game, like, motivation speech. And on Twitter, some motherfucker was just like, if the Lakers hire him, we're all fucking doomed. It was like a, him, like mid game, just talking about, like, you guys are doing great. I know we're down, but you got to play harder. He said some bullshit line like that. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And, you know, I was a huge doc, like, fan in high school and middle school because, you know, the Celtics. Now, as I get older, I'm realizing, wow, this motherfucker only just got a ring because he had, like, three Hall of Famers and one potential Hall of Famer in Rondo and a bunch and a fucking solid bench. Like, hello, like, of course, I would have fucking won a ring, like, as the fucking starting point guard in that game, in that, in that fucking team. But anyways, um, 
it's a head scratcher for me on why Doc is still a coach for them. I'm lost for words. Like, is Daryl Murray smoking crack? Like, is that Houston crack, like, string going in his ass right now? Like, goddamn. Like, I don't understand. Like, part of me, it's like, okay, like, I get it. But then I'm realizing that people were shitting on uh, PG and Kwai for the collapse of the Nuggets in the bubble. And now I'm realizing, like, it's partly their fault, but all eyes points to Doc. Because how many 3 to 0 leads he blew, right? And obviously, he didn't have a 3 0 lead to this, but he had an opportunity to come back. And then Harden, I, I. I'm sorry, that was, there's no excuse. There's no excuse that a player like him doesn't take any shots in the Latin, like, when the time needs it. Like, he had that great game where he what, dropped, like, 30, 30 some points and, like, uh, 11 assists or some shit. I personally think that Harden, he's 32, so he's not that old. He should be in his prime still, you know what I mean? Like, we look at Dwayne Wade who has battle injuries throughout his early career and his prime ended like 33. But you look at a guy, Harden, here's the thing. Harden's been in the playoffs for the last, what, 10 years? He Well, he's been in 10 straight playoffs, if I'm correct, or something like that. So well, all the way back to OKC, so like his whole career. Yeah, <laughs> his whole career. So he never had a fucking break. Like and the thing is, last season when he came back way too early on the hamstring, I think that fucked him up. Like maybe if he was like in his early twenties, that would have helped. But when you come off an injury like that, you rush it too soon. That shit will deteriorate your ass fast. I don't. And then the the Danny Green situation. Well, I found that out. <laughs> I just looked at the comments on Bleacher Report. I fucking just started laughing. Like mother, I saw one comments like motherfucker Tori's ACL and LCL. By his own damn teammate. <laughs> I'm like, yo, that's cold, bruh. But to be honest with you, I think his career is done. Like, he, he's 30. He's in his late 30s. This is, like, something that you need to consider. Like, dude's chilling. He's got two rings, man. Like, no, three or two? Two, three. Three, right? He's got multiple championships. So, you know what I mean? You've proven your worth as one of the best 3 and D guys in the last decade. So hang those motherfuckers up and just chill. I still think MB should have won MVP, man. It is what it is. I love Jokic, but wow. These, this year's awards were fucking garbage. Like, I really think Jokic shouldn't have won that. Like, they should give the MVP out to fucking Embiid. Yeah, Marcus Smart should not have won. I believe Mikel Bridges should have won. Bridges was yeah. fucking and unreal. Jokic did have the best PER ever. So we should uh, That's should point that out. And then it's like, well, Embiid's the first center to average 30 points in Shaq. And then, like, first center to average, like, 30, 12, and, like, five assists or some shit. So it's like, you know, you have both sides to argue about, right? And then you go against the record and... You know, like, it's 50-50. And then when I found out John Morant, oh, my God. When I realized John Morant, I don't know if we're going to touch base on the Grizzlies series or not, but please stop me if we are. <laughs> but I got so much stuff. I got so much shit to talk about with the Grizzlies. So if we're going to talk about that, I can leave that. But I don't believe John Morant should one must improve player. No, not a chance. Not a chance. I believe Garland should have won. 
or Dejounte Murray. It's like what the fuck? Do you look at do you look at those two guys' numbers? They were both top what top five in assists, and Dejounte was averaging a near triple double. Like that's fucking unreal. Um, it's not like Westbrook numbers. This guy's actually making a positive difference on both sides of the ball. But yeah, back to Philly. It's I really think this is gonna be a Shaq. I told you guys this. This whole Ben Simmons and MB thing. This was a Shaq and fucking Penny Hardaway situation. In this case, Ben was Shaq's position. He left Orlando, as in Ben left Philly and left Penny to fucking fed for himself. This is what Embiid is probably going to do. I believe Harden is done as being like the 30 and 11 guy. I really think he slowly transitioned his full-time role as a point guard, as a facilitator. But yeah, no, that's my take on the whole series. I really think that Philly should definitely reconsider not. uh, They should definitely keep an eye on Doc Rivers' seat for the next year. Yeah, no, definitely. Um... But yeah, we'll see what happens uh, for the Eastern Conference. Could be a good series. Uh, let's get into the Western Conference. So, issue, I'll start with you. So, yeah, big, uh, big choke job uh, from the Suns for sure today. Yeah, uh, I believe at the half, uh, Luca had like twenty-seven points, and the Suns had twenty-seven points. And then uh, I think it was like ninety to forty at one point. But uh, issue, I'm gonna go to you. Uh yeah, what are your thoughts on that series and Luca pulling off? Um, yeah, the big the big upset over the Suns. Yeah, man, it was crazy for me because I had like I I personally had my money on the Suns. I was like, yeah, the Suns are gonna win this, and like in one of the games, Chris Paul had like six turnovers. So it's like it's crazy, but at the same time, I'm not mad that Luca did win. But I feel like the Suns they they choked. They definitely choked, and Chris Paul is like, too experienced of a point guard to be making like mistakes that he made, you know, which cost him the series. And he also said he's not retiring, so he'll be back next year. But I don't think, I don't know if they'll be able to do it next year. 100%. Pretty much after this series, I think that Luca, I think um Luca and the Mavs are definitely going to be on the map. So, I mean, I'm rooting for the Suns to, you know, make a better comeback next year. But it was like, I don't know. I was going for the Suns in this series, but fucking Chris Paul and I don't know. It's it's. Ugh. I know. I'm same mood issue. <laughs> You're just like, what the fuck? Like for real, bro. Like, oh, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that the um, I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty much my my take on that series, man. It's just like the the Suns choked like against the the Mavericks, and the Suns were definitely. If you look at it, they were the better team. If you look, who they got Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul. They're definitely the better team, and Luca definitely had to put in, you know, a lot of work to even go against that team. But uh, he pulled through. So shout out to Luca. I'm not mad at him. It's just like the Suns fucking choked. Crazy. I yeah. Yeah. No. Um. And I think I think the biggest thing in this series, and uh, I was watching Luca was on uh, the JJ Reddick's podcast. Great podcast. But he was talking about how how it, uh so easy to like score thirty points. And basically, the example he used, like Rudy Gobert, like he has to be, you know, three seconds in the key and then he has to go out. So it's just so easy to score 30. Literally. And the biggest takeaway I took from that is, you know, Aiton in this series. And yeah, no, that first half was. And honestly, like the biggest thing, like Booker and CP3 just didn't, they didn't show up in the last three games. Um, and yeah, obviously, Booker was, you know, injured, you know, been in this series. 
Uh, but no excuse. Like they have, like there's no, there isn't a second star on you know Dallas. And yeah, Dimwitty went off, and you know that was kind of my thoughts before this series. Like you know, just based off the last series, you know the Suns, you know they had they had a tough series, but you know if Dimwitty or you know who else, uh, Brunson, you know could go off and get you know the twenty points, you know Suns would be in trouble, I think, because. Yeah, Luca's just that dominant, you know, with and I think he averaged like one turnover or something, one or two turnovers, you know, throughout the whole series and CP3 and Booker was eight combined. Like it's just like you just you can't win that way. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. I think you know, just based off how dominant they were in the regular season, it's definitely a huge disappointment for the Suns. Like obviously, yeah, they made it to the finals last year. Uh but yeah, they're going to try and run it back and yeah, eventually they're gonna have to pay Aiden or whatever they're gonna do with that. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do with that, but um, yeah, pump for Luca, uh, Golden State, and uh, Dallas will be a good series. Um, but yeah, let's get in. I'll, I'll let you lead the uh, Golden State and Memphis series, VZ. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not a Grizzlies fan either. Just the, the dancing. Everyone and everyone's like, everyone's like, oh, don't get mad at him dancing. Like, no, it's weird. Like, it's it's. And this was like Golden State. At the beginning, you know, of their, like, dynasty. This is how they were acting. And I didn't like it either. And and I'm not saying, like, oh, like, oh, no fooling around on the court and all this. I'm just, like, like, it's just, it's corny when you haven't done anything yet. And, yeah, uh, Dylan Brooks. Bitch-ass motherfucker. You know, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, back in the day, like, he's a, he's a year older than me. Um, yeah. But back in the day... Was kind of around, uh, you know, some of that that high level basketball, and I watched him play a few times. Like really, really talented player, and I'm happy, and I'm happy for what he's done. But just the way he, like the way he pushed Curry, like you saw that where he like shoved Curry, like that was a full on. Like I, honestly, I was kind of proud because it was you know he's Canadian and yeah, uh, the way the physicality. But that was a dirty ass play. Like he threw, he tried to throw Curry to the ground. I'm not saying when he, uh, you know, hurt Gary Payton, that was a dirty play. Like, that's a basketball play. Yeah. The Jordan Poole jaw thing, that was a little sus. I have to say, like, I, I don't know if that's a basketball play. Like, because the way, like, even if you touch his knee, are you going to grab it and pull it like that? Like, I, I don't know. Even if you're going for the ball like that. Like, so, let's, Avizi, I want to get your take on this because you're obviously proclaimed a uh, very good defensive player back in the day, uh, you know, for uh, for Terry Fox. uh but uh, yeah, get, let me get your take on that Jordan Poole play, and uh, and also Dylan Brooks and his kind of dirty play. So before I even touch on that, I'll just go back to the Suns for a second. Sorry. Here's the thing about before I touch base on this, this was the Suns' last shot. Just to let you guys know, this was the final shot in CP3's career, unless he go rings chase. This is they're after the season; they're not going back to be on the second round. Who knows what the fuck the Lakers are going to look like next year? Number one, if they unload Westbrook, right? Number two, a motherfucker's forgetting about the Clippers. They're going to have a fully healthy PG and Kawhi. Powell, they just resigned Covington, who's been a fucking key guy. They still, they might unload Morris because of the amount of depth they have on the wing. And they have Coffee and they have fucking Terrence Mann. I'm absolutely just like lost about the amount of talent that they have. I personally think this would be this is that was CP3's final shot as a Suns member to get a ring. That's my opinion. Brooke, uh, I mean, I should say Book is still young enough to you know lead the franchise, but 
who fucking stays loyal to their team at this point of age, right? Unless you're Dame trying to pretend to be on the grind bullshit. So that's my final take on the Suns. But now look at the defensive play. Here's the thing, man. What I noticed a lot about the playoffs this season, there's a lot, it's a lot more physical in the years past. I don't know if COVID fucked everybody up about touching each other and shit over the last two years. You know what I'm saying? I don't fucking know. But like, pause, by the way. Pause, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm feeling like Charles Barkley live on air. Like, God damn. I'm, you know? But Barkley, speaking of Barkley, he did make a good case. I forget what series it was. But he said, he, he talked about the Suns, like, um, in the previous series. He was like, yeah, the Suns are doing good at, like, pushing and punishing their opponent, blah, blah, blah. But this year's playoffs has shown the most physicality I've seen in a long time. And that, that pool, that Dylan, Brooks, that Dylan Brooks play on Gary Payne, that's a basketball play. That's 100%. Warriors fans are just being tripping and all that stuff. It took me a couple like rewatches to look into it. I'm like, okay, this is a basketball play. But there's some other things that like are, aren't guaranteed for. Like that pool play is like, uh, eh. like, you know, like when and that's when he shoved Curry on the floor, I'm like, why, man? Like, why? Well, like, are you trying to fucking injure Curry? Are you fucking serious, man? But here's the thing. The Grizzlies that I give credit to the to the grandfather Tony Allen, all those guys back in the day, they established that grit and grind, right? They brought that grit and grind, and you know these youngins, they they they're trying to live off that, right? Now we're talking about the series in general. I can now speak my opinion on the Grizzlies. Fuck them, motherfuckers. First of all, Dylan Brooks, I've watched him play. Super talented player. Like I, as soon as I was like, I didn't play against him. No, I didn't. But I've seen him. Uh, via YouTube, and then, um, of course, all over Canada as well. I knew this guy was going to be special, but, like, fuck. I didn't expect him to be, like, a starting, like, the starting two for an NBA team, right? But to be honest with you guys, I knew the Grizzlies were not going to get far. I think us three, no. But here's the thing about the Grizzlies. They're Fugazis, literally. Uh, every single player on that team is a Fugazi, except for Adams. Goddamn motherfucking... They call him Iron Man for a reason. That guy is solid as fuck. Like, I know... Um, I'm not going to say who it is, but I know a guy that used to, guy used to go to my gym. His brother played in the NBA. And um, he was a backup He was a backup point guard for uh, Phoenix and the Lakers. Um, I'm not going to say him just for his own, like, you know what I mean? But... He was saying, he's like, you pray to God you never end up running into Stephen Adams by accident because that guy will level you. And if you're a weak person that doesn't work out, you probably end up getting a concussion or some bullshit. So Stephen Adams and then Tyrus Jones. Oh, my God. Can we talk about, like, Tyrus Jones? I believe the Grizzlies have played better with Tyrus Jones than John Morant. That's me because I love John Morant, but, wow, like... This playoffs, I'm not talking about the regular season. This playoffs, it's crazy because, like, they, the, the offensive flows better, number one. And number two is that um, I don't, I've always been a fan of John Morant, but this year he's gone really, really arrogant. It actually makes me want to punch him in the face. Like, I want to give him one of my two pieces that you see in my videos. I ain't threatening you, Jaw, just FYI. But, like, he, that's the reason why, like, that whole team has got a walking. Like, if they made it to Western Conference Finals, 
whoever, of course, um, the, the Dallas has won, that whole team will have a bounty on their head in the playoffs. So, in my opinion, the Grizzlies are up and coming, but they just need a solid vet. I don't. I think Adams is the oldest player, and he's like 28, 29, and they need a vet that can hold these fucking youngins in check. Because Jaw was dancing on the fucking uh, Golden State logo on game one. Like, that fucking triggered some shit. And, like, you don't do that to a championship-contested team like the Warriors. That's, like, me going to my uh, homie that teaches my MMA sessions. And, and, like, you know, I won, like, a sparring session. I started dancing on the middle of the floor and talking shit, knowing my ass, knowing I would get my ass beat the next time. But, in my opinion, they're one veteran away to be a great team. But still, fuck the Grizzlies. Um, second thing is, I'll talk about the Warriors. They're back. They're back. I'm sorry, but the Warriors are back, and it hates me to say this, but I'm happy they're back because the last two years, they worked their asses off. They Wiggins has developed into a solid role player, which I don't agree how he fucking made the all-star team, but whatever. That shit's over and done with. I'm glad they played him like four minutes and done. Clay. Clay, as soon as, as, soon as game six Clay can happen, I automatically knew these guys are... I have them winning over Dallas in the, the, in the Western Conference Finals. To be quite honest with you, but I'm I'm really happy that the game I saw, that was beautiful basketball. Like I I I can't even imagine. Clay was just, it, it was good seeing him back, full strength, not shooting under forty percent from three. Like he shot thirty, which is great for the first time in his career, but he's shooting forty five percent from three now. So you know it's all good. Shout out to Memphis. They they got a solid team, but I. One last take on this. I was telling my homie about this. Tyrus Jones should be starting. No, no, not for the Grizzlies. He should be a starting point guard in this league. He has proven over the last three years with the Wolves and with Memphis, he can lead a team. I don't know what fucking teams is a point guard. It's a, I wish the Clippers would get him because that would be fucking scary. But I don't know what the fuck they're going to do with like the money, the trade, or whatever. But Tyrus Jones, I'm giving my flowers for him. I'm going to be using the fuck out of him in 2K. I'll use some simulation bullshit to add him on a team that needs a point guard. And that's it. But that's my take on the series. Um, fuck Grizzlies. You guys suck dick. But it's all good. I'm really glad that they, I'm really glad the Warriors won. These motherfuckers clap the asses. It's like the, the Grizzlies are youngins. And then the, the Warriors are their parents. They're just beating the asses. Thanking them, but it's all good. It's my take. <laughs> all right. Jaron Jackson's going to see you in the street and slap you for that, for those comments, but... Uh, oh, yeah, fuck. He's a lead leader in shock blocks. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to swat your face. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was good seeing uh, a Game 6 Clay uh, back. I believe, like, the over-under for points was, like, 20 and a half, and obviously hit that because it's Game 6 Clay. But yeah, I definitely think uh, we'll get into kind of predictions. Three blocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get into predictions. Uh, yeah, obviously Warriors. I think will definitely beat uh, Dallas. I think it'll be close. I think Luca has to literally like average forty-five <laughs> uh, for Dakov. And who knows? Maybe like they'll be able to slow down the Warriors. You know, three-point shooting. We'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, I got the Warriors, and then we'll have the Warriors over the Celtics, and uh, which saddens me to say this, but yeah, saying the Warriors as champs again. Um, but yeah, issue. who do you got uh, out of the Eastern and Western Conference, and then who are your finals uh, champions? 
Yeah, I definitely think that the Warriors are going to beat the Dallas Mavericks. And I think that it won't go to a game seven in the Eastern Conference. And I think that the Celtics will beat the Miami Heat to, you know, go against the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. And I think that it will be, it will, it, I think it'll be close, but I think that considering Golden State got Clay back in a good groove and they literally looked like that championship team that was in the finals every other yeah. year, which is scary for me as a Cavs fan, but considering that my, 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 my favorite scary as fuck. And Draymond is the best defensive player in the series. So we can leave the market smart talk. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Te- yeah. Technically he is. So, so, you know, with that being said, I think that the, the Warriors will win uh, this uh, NBA playoffs. These playoffs. I'm sorry. Robert Williams, in my opinion, is, is like neck to neck with Draymond in this series, though, for the best defensive player in the, in the series. In my opinion. Why didn't he win defense player of the year then? Remember he got injured? He was out for like the last like, oh. yeah, like 20, 30 games. Yeah. That's like MB oh. when he lost MVP last year. But uh, easy. so you're going Celtics? No, I'm going Warriors, bro. Like, I saw these motherfuckers. I'm like, oh, yeah, Warriors are going to take this. Like, this is not, like, this is going to go to game six in the finals, 100%. That's the thing, man. Warriors are champion tested. This Celtics team hasn't sniffed a finals since, the NBA finals since 2010, right? So think about that. That was the last time Kobe, God bless his soul, won his championship. Last time he made a finals, too. So this is going to be a great, if this happens, which I guarantee it will, Warriors and Celtics finals, that's so weird. Like, think about that for a second, guys. Warriors and Celtics, like, what the fuck? Usually it's Lakers and Celtics, but wow. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's a shift in the matrix going on in the NBA. And, you know, how? what are the odds that both of the finals runner-ups last year got Knock the asses out today. <laughs> so, yeah, I got I got Warriors 100%. Awesome. So that concludes our NBA talk for episode 50. Uh, so we're going to get on to uh, some album reviews. So the latest uh, Pusha T and Future uh, albums. We'll start with Pusha T. But uh, so, yeah, it's almost dry. Uh, so it's his fourth studio album uh, serving as a follow up uh, to his third studio album, uh, Daytona. Uh, which dropped, uh, you know, four years ago. Uh, the first single for the record, Diet Coke, uh, which was produced by uh, Yeezy and 88 Keys, was released on uh, February 8th. Uh, definitely a highlight uh, on the album. Uh, but then the second single for the record, Hear Me Clearly uh, with Nigo, was released on March 4th, 2022. Uh, and that song was also a placement on Nigo's software album, uh, I Know Nigo. Uh, but the album's 12 tracks. Uh, so half of it's produced by uh, Kanye, and it's not all produced by Kanye. His tracks, you know, he obviously collaborates with other producers. And then you got Pharrell uh, producing uh, six tracks as well. Uh, but the Kanye produced tracks, so you got uh, Dreaming of the Past. Uh, that's actually with Kanye. You got Rock and Roll uh, with Kanye and Kid Cudi. Uh, Just so you remember, Diet Coke, uh, Hear Me Clearly, uh, I Pray For You. And uh, uh, the uh, the clips, Labyrinth, and the the No Malice song, uh, and then the P produced tracks. You got Let the Smokers Shine, uh, the Coops, uh, Scrape It Off uh, with Don Tolliver and Uzi, uh, Neck and Wrist uh, with Jay, uh, Call My Bluff, Open Air, and then uh, Brambleton. Uh, so VZ, I'm gonna pass it off to you. What are your overall thoughts on uh, this latest uh, Pusha T project, his uh, fourth studio album? Man, Pusha, man. 
Damn, I I love this album so much. There's like different parts of the album. It's just like, oh man, it's it's crazy when I talk to my friends about this album because most of my friends are like you know like commercial hip hop listeners, and they just know Pusha T because that's the guy who exposed Drake's child to the world, right? So, I thought this album would drop last year because of that um, verse that Pusha T uh, dropped on. Um, What's the name of that song that off that shitty Pop Smoke album? Off the, uh, what is it called? Oh my God. Um, with Ye on there. Tell the Vision. Yeah, he's like, pop, pop about to drop. And like, now he's about to drop this year or something like that. And I'm like, ooh, that bar has not aged well. But anyways, huge anticipation, of course, off Daytona, in my opinion, is a classic album. Uh, it is classic, like, in terms of, uh, I have a rule, four or five year, you know, classic based on um, the drama surrounding it, the artwork, like, damn. And the follow-up to this, it's a good follow-up. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I would call it a classic. I would call it a great album, yes. But who knows? Might change in the next three years in my perception. But great album, highlights on there. Um, it shows more of a, I think it's a more personal album uh, to push, um, especially uh Brampton, Babbleton, Bram- what's the name of the song? Oh, shit. Brambleton, yeah. Yeah, Brambleton. That's a really personal song. And I never heard Push rap like that. But otherwise, yeah, it's it, each song, of course, like when we talk about this in a few minutes, I'll I'll tell you guys like one how like one song I thought about is about something else, but it wasn't about <laughs> something that I was thinking about. Um, in a sad way, but man, I still listen to Diet Coke every day. I probably listen to that song like five times a day. I don't know. There's something about that song. It was the music video that pays huge homage to uh, Flavor in Your Ear, R.I.P. Craig Mack. And also, did you know the chorus is actually from Jay-Z as well? It's a sample of uh, Tough uh, Volume 2 or 3. I forget the name of the song, but it pushes chorus samples that. So yeah, no, overall great album. Great album. I wouldn't call it a classic. Definitely not my album of the year anymore because Kung Fu Kenny dropped. But yeah, that's the way I think of it right now. But it shows a more a mature Pusha T, definitely. Yeah, I haven't decided fully if I like it better than Daytona. Uh, because, yeah, Daytona, just, you know, when I was listening to that, you know, where I was, you know, I, it's very, like, vivid to me. And, like, I've had, like, you know, four years with that album. And I'm very similar to VZ. Like, I like to have it definitely, you know, a few years before I, you know, throwing out the classic. Unless it's just, like, you know, for example, like the Kendrick album. Um, so, yeah, definitely uh, want to give it a few years. But I definitely feel like the production from Ye's standpoint on this, uh, compared to Daytona, is a little more fine-tuned, mm-hmm. uh, detailed. Like, the sampling, I think, is a bit better. Yeah. Like, it's hard to argue, like, you know, surface value, like the sampling. But I do think, like, he did a bit more crate digging. Like, obviously, he was going through, you know, he fucking produced, like, what, seven albums? Or not seven albums, maybe, like, five albums in that span. Five. Um, so, yeah, he was yeah. definitely going through a lot. Uh, but I do think that the higher moments on Daytona and even My Name Is My Name, uh, like Sweet Serenade, Numbers on the Board, uh, the, 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 the Kendrick song, like I do think those are a bit higher moments than some of the the tracks on this, but I do like you know some of the personal songs. Um, we'll get into top five songs uh, in a bit, 
Uh, but I do want a bit more time with this project. Yeah. Although I will say, and you know, me and Ishu did talk about this a few episodes ago about us like listening to so much Griselda and then, you know, listening to a push of tea. Cause when we listen to Diet Coke, we were kind of, yeah. we weren't like, I'm not saying it's a bad song, but it's just like, I've heard so much good music like that from Griselda. Yeah. And, Cause I would say, I would, de- I can definitely say that I think Conway's album and Benny's album, I like it better than this. Way better. And, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's just almost like, and I don't want to, I don't want to like say it's like pop Coke rap. Um, but it's like, because push is like very mainstream It is, and you know, because like, I, I obviously he's not like some of the cosigns Drake has given out in terms of like sales, like, cause you know, it's not really a cosign, but at the end of the day, he is boost from, you know, just Drake's, you know, that whole feud. Yeah. Um, but I, I do feel, and with all like the cons of Drake saying he's not really that hard. And like listening to it, like I'm not saying like I listen to it. And I'm like, oh, he's lying, but it does it does take away, and he does, and and also the politics stuff he's been doing, like we know with the with Hillary, obviously that was back in like 2016, but yeah, he's just not as hard as, as per se. You know what I'm saying? Like he's kind of more po- in the in the pop genre as a sense, and he's been, yeah, he has Don Tolliver and Uzi on. You know, I never would have expected that. And that's probably like my least my least favorite song on the album, if I'm being completely honest. Like I just Me either. It's not bad, but I just I didn't need it. Like I didn't like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not bad of a song. He's the type of artist where I want music that I didn't think I needed, yeah. but I was waiting to hear. You know what I'm saying? Like I, like what the Kendrick album was, and obviously he's not on par, but I think like as uh in the last, you know, fifteen years, like he's not obviously completely close to Kendrick, but he's in that conversation yeah. for one of the most talented rappers. So I did, I was, I was expecting a little bit more, uh, from this. Um, but issue, what were your thoughts on the project? Uh, you know, kind of not too much comparing it to Daytona. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been out for essentially a month now, I would say. So yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts on it? I say that this project has grown on me. And at this point I, I could say with like a hundred percent confidence that I like it more than Daytona. And I love Daytona, but the reason I love It's Almost Dry a little bit more is because I feel like Pharrell's production on like the songs that he produced, I'm sorry, adds a a different layer to this. And Mm -hmm. comparing it to those two Griselda albums that Benny and Conway dropped, yeah, this definitely falls short like with those two, because I feel like this is more of a mainstream coke rap album while those two were like really underground and a little bit more dark and give that feel. Which is nothing wrong. And it's nothing wrong with this being like a, a commercial coke rap album, etc. But I feel like had he went like a route that Benny the Butcher or Conway the Machine went, I could have seen this being like a little more similar to um Daytona, which I love. But this has grown on me purely off of a few songs on it. I say I like uh Kanye's production on this album more than Pharrell's, but Pharrell's production on a few songs definitely gives us a new layer of greatness for me. Like neck and wrist, like I've been bumping that. It's been in my rotation lately. Neck and wrist don't lie. I love Ho's verse on that, man. I just can't. I skip the whole song and I go to Ho's verse because I love it. Yeah, me too. And yeah, especially that Biggie bar when he said it had Biggie survived. The commission. That shit is hard. I like that um, Diet Coke. I wasn't too keen on it at first, but now it's just been growing on me. Mm. And just the production on that is crazy as well. Dreaming of the Past, that sample was insane. Rock and Roll with Kid Cudi, 
and Kanye on it goes crazy as well. And it's unfortunate that that might be one of the last collabs that we hear from the two. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I like this album because I feel like it has more to give than Daytona. But at the same time, when you think about it, Daytona, although it's a little bit more of a smaller package, I feel like it, it it's more powerful in a sense. So I'm kind of in the middle right now. Like I've, I've been leaning towards both, but I mean, almost it's almost dry. It's fresh in my mind. I've been listening to it a lot recently and i just love the the pharrell production being added because i feel like with both of them on it he they really bring out the best in, in push with his lyrics because pusha has always been surgical with his lyrics and i feel like the production with kanye and pharrell meshed so well with this project and i think it was a solid project not my album of the year anymore for the same reason, yeah uh, as vz and, and U stikes but this is among my top five albums of this year, and I'm happy that Pusha dropped. Because if you if you if you told me last year that Pusha would be dropping a, another LP, um, this year I wouldn't believe you. Like I thought he was gonna wait till at least 2023 because I thought he was gonna drop when, like VZ said when he did that verse on the Pop Smoke album. But nonetheless, man, I'm glad that we got a Pusha album to listen to, and I just feel like uh, t- the production was definitely a standout, and I feel like the visuals on the music videos on the music video, specifically Diet Coke as well, just like, I don't know, it was kind of nostalgic for me and I really enjoyed it. But as of right now, I say I like this a little bit more, but I'm so in the middle because like Daytona is like my probably my favorite push-up project and I like I go back to that numerous times. But a lot of the a lot of the songs from It's Almost Dry have popped up in my rotation. And I don't know, I just really like the the Ferrari production added. It just adds a different layer to it. And I just think it makes the album stand out a little bit more than Daytona. Yeah, we haven't heard of Pusha and Pharrell collab in a minute, right? Like in terms of production, I think, right? So obviously Push started off his whole career of the clips and Pharrell's of Star Trek and stuff. So Pharrell brings like a different type of energy than Ye does, right? And I agree. Like, I, it's tough for me to say, but like Daytona, like, knowing what you were saying, it's like, I needed that shit. Like, I needed Daytona when the Daytona dropped. I like, I needed something was missing in the rap game in 2018 that just needed to be fucking shake. Like, you need to fucking wake up for a second. And when Daytona dropped, like, the first thing was the album cover, like, fucking Whitney Houston's bathroom. Like, that's fucking insane. To this day, like, that's one of the hardest album covers I've seen in the last couple years. That's my opinion because of the, everything that's behind that. But with Almost Dry, that's a fucking dope name. That's almost, like, you gotta admit, Almost Dry, that's a dope name. And then the Deluxe Edition comes in the fucking, like, wrapped up Coke package. That's fucking sick. But to end this part off with the album, there's nothing wrong about uh, pop coke rap because like if you think about it a lot of the whole bad boy era like back in the day there was there was like the flashy era suit that was all co- pop coke rap right and it's kind of cool if you listen to mace like before he went shiny suit or with him being on like other rappers album like nas is like I think it was a Nostromandus or I Will, one of those two albums. And he was on DMX's first album. Like, these, they were hard rappers talking about, like, you know, the Diet Coke thing. So I'm calling cocaine Diet Coke now. What, have I ha- what happened to me now? But it's, this album is a great album. I, we, but then we talk about the Griselda boys. It's like, 
fuck. If the Griselda voice didn't drop this year, this oh not this year, but if they haven't like popped off, then this album would be like perfect. But then I'm like, oh, like, you know what I'm saying? But Diet Coke's a dope song. It's some someone about Fat Joe's part fucking just made the song better. Cause Ye added that Fat Joe um from that ver like the yesterday's price is uh yesterday's price is not today's price. That's off the locks and um diplomat reaction. And then the the other ad libs in that whole beginning part, that's from Fat Joe's Get It Poppin', which is actually one of my favorite songs off him. So it's cool how Ye like added that, like showed love to Fat Joe, who I really think is underrated as fuck, into that part. So and Fat Joe's nickname is Crack. So yeah. Awesome. Um, so let's get into our top five songs and then ratings. Uh, so I'm going to go, yeah, Neck and Wrist, Rock and Roll. I really like his flow on Call My Bluff. Yeah. I, f- I fuck with that. And then uh, Brambleton. Uh, and then, yeah, Dreaming of the Past. The sample is crazy on that. Uh, but yeah, Issue, what are your top five songs? Uh, and then VZ, you go next. All right, I got to go with, I got to put Guy Coke, Neck and Wrist, Rock and Roll, Dreaming of the Past, and Let the Smokers Shine the Coops. And then for me, I'm put neck and wrist. I think we all just came to the conclusion. In my opinion, neck and wrist is probably the best song off the album. Jay just Jay just needed to go on there and say some shit that Push couldn't say. So I'm really happy we have Jay to be that elder statesman for the last 20, 30 years of hip hop to address some shit that needed to be said. Neck and wrist, rock and roll. So I'll get back on that. So I love Cuddy's part. A lot of people are shitting on this song. I don't know why. It's a I love Cuddy's part. Cuddy's part's my favorite part of the song. Ye's song Ye's part is uh dope too. But when um Almost Dry came out, I was listening to rock and roll and Cuddy's part cuz he has two parts. One part is the chorus and then he added an extra bit of the chorus. So, I was bumping I was on my on my way to my homie's a celebration of life and I was listening to the album and then there's one part he's like when Cuddy's like, this is my story, this is your day, I actually thought that's what Cuddy said because of, like, you know, like, this is, like, my story, like, today, and then, like, based on my own perspective, like, for coming from me and then my my friend, um, this is his day to, you know, show, to show out, and then we all show out for him and his soul and everything like that. But it was complete opposite. It's like, it was, um, this is my story, maybe maybe you should pay me. So I got fucking so rattled. I wish it was like, this is my story and this is your day. So I flip kind of fucked up on those, but whatever. Still a great song. Brambleton, Diet Coke. I don't know. Like I said, with Diet Coke, even though the beat is over 12 years old, there's something about that song just kept just keeps me going. Um, maybe it's because I, was, I hear this song at the club a lot. I don't know. And then I got Dreaming of the Past as well, just like you guys. All right. And then so for rating out of 10, I'm going to give this an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I think maybe by the end of the year, it could definitely be a 9. I just want a few more lessons with it for sure. But yeah, still a good album nonetheless. Just, yeah, just not up there uh, for this year uh, for me. I I, Maybe I would say number 4 and number 5. I could maybe give you that, but... uh, yeah, definitely still my top 10. Uh, but what would you issue out of 10? Well, with this album, I'd definitely give it a solid 8 out of 10. Shit, maybe an, a, maybe an 8.5. I don't know. I'm going to give this album an 8.5 out of 10. 
Um, honestly, as the as the next coming months come up, I'm probably gonna give this a nine. I don't know. I'm gonna, like I said, Diet Coke for some fucking reason is my favorite song. So one of my favorite songs so far this year. I don't know why. It maybe it's just you know I forgot to mention. There's one bar that kind of got me. That kind of just made me just realize like you know oh shit like Push is like said this real shit. So his first verse, he said, the ones you trust don't change like the chains you tuck. That's a hard bar. That just means that he's just talking about like, you know, just kind of like the young thug situation. You know, you just got to watch who you who you're around with because motherfuckers just tra- change around. So I think the reason why I like this album a lot, uh, lyrics, to be quite honest with you, this is mature bars push up. I'm giving it 8.5. This will probably move to a nine in the next couple months. All right, so that wraps up our review uh, for It's Almost Dry. So now we're going to move on to I Never Liked You, a review by Future. Uh, So this is his ninth studio album. Uh, It's a follow-up to his May 2020 album, High Off Life. Great album. But uh, yeah, the uh, the deluxe of the project, it uh, it dropped on uh, May 2nd, uh, four days after the original release. Uh, But the deluxe featured... Uh, collaborations with uh, Lil Durk, Young Scooter, uh, Lil Baby, Babyface Ray, and uh, 42 Doug. Uh, so the original track list was 16 uh, plus 6 uh, tracks on the deluxe. Uh, so mostly me and VZ are going to uh, give our thoughts on this, and then we'll get uh, uh, issue to chime in a little bit. Uh, but I'm going to start it off. Yeah, I was definitely... I didn't know what to expect from this album, like the promo... It wasn't like peak future promo, like uh, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was like GQ or uh, some Sunner magazine was like, yeah, the headline was like the best rapper alive, and it was future. And I was like, okay, let's let's calm down a little bit. I don't, I don't know what's I don't know what's going on there, but okay, let's chill the fuck out, motherfuckers. <laughs> but uh, I have to say though, after like listening to the album and. In in the bracket that future is in that that he's carved up in rap like he's definitely like this album is definitely a return to the uh, to the throne if you want to say because he's definitely back to his peak uh, toxic self. There's definitely some of those moments on here like the high moments on high off life uh, as I say high, but I feel like there's way more vibe like throwback vibes to like DS2 uh, future like back in 2017, like in, in terms of the subject matter. Like it just felt like like old future. Uh, it, it also felt like he was more motivated, um, you know, with some of his you know punchlines, you know, bars per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the production's very diverse on this too, compared to High Off Life. Like it was definitely way more uh, in terms of like you know the kind of slower future tracks and the higher. I do wish there was more like high upbeat future on this. Yeah, because uh, those were like you know some of my favorite on the album. Yeah, the the Drake features, you know, stand up. the The Drake verse on "I'm on One" is like it's one of his best verses in years. Like that verse is crazy. It's crazy. But uh, I will say, like the and you know, speaking of Gun and Thug, uh, I will say I'm not the biggest fan of their feature. <laughs> I, it's just like there's they've done better tracks. Like I mean, push a push a piece better than the song. That's not even saying much. Yeah, but it, it's not a horrible song. But I'm just like I don't I don't listen to it at all. Uh, but I love the additions of like Babyface Ray. He's having a crazy year. Uh, Dirk, yeah, uh, Forty Two Doug, and then also Baby. I, I like I like Baby's verse on here. I do too. I'm not ready to play like classic like future level yet. Uh, but it's definitely a, ref- a return 
uh, to that, you know, uh, that level that we're used to seeing, or that we've, you know, come accustomed to uh, from Future. But yeah, uh, VZ, what are your thoughts on Future? Obviously, yeah, you're a much bigger uh, Future fan than me. But yeah, so what were your what were your initial thoughts? This motherfucker here, just I don't even know, man. So I would suggest, like, in terms of promo, this album is not like promo, like Peak Future, how it was like in 2017 with uh, Hendrix and Future, but it's that summer's coming up and he's he is a toxic king and he's about to make fucking he's about he's he's he knows his timing let's put it that way i would consider this a classic album i wouldn't i probably will never will it's not gonna be a ds2 level or hendrix album level or in my opinion um future level as well but just like you know i am a huge fan of future whenever he has like the solid bangers on here but I do like some like toxic slow like Hendrix vibe feature as well. Um, I gotta say I love the features as well, like Little Baby, uh, Little Dirk, um, the Drake, the Drake verses are just the highlight out of the album. And I'm on one verse of Drake. This is like the bet. This that verse alone smokes CLB, bro. Like God damn, like what the fuck is this Drake? What we asking about? And I do want to apologize to Little Dirk. Because I remember one of our episodes, I think it was maybe the CLB review. I would say like Dirk would just be like a little fading away after like his huge year in the 2021. But he proved me wrong. So I like to give a shout out to Lil Dirk. Yeah, no. Great, great album. Good album, I should say. Um, there is some like there is some possible moments. I'm like, wait, hold up, this motherfucker really said this? Like, I have to hold my heart for a second. It makes me want to fucking do some toxic shit. But, like, it's a good album. Getting ready for the summer. Then, you know, TikTok's already going to take over. Actually, already has taken over uh, a lot of the shit. But, no, I'll ask you, um, in terms of this, like, what's your what parts are your favorite out of this album? Was it the production? Was it the guest appearances? Was it more, like, the whole vibe that Future brought? Was it the promotion? Because he was doing a lot of, like, photo shoots. Like, he's a spokesperson for Hugo Boss now. Like, did you, see, did you see that? Did you hear about that? Yeah, no, that's huge. And I think uh, I think out of everything, like, Future's brand. Yeah, he's a good brand. Like, he really, um, not to say it wasn't already established, but he, like, reestablished. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Uh, and this is a funny story, but I was, like, it was probably, like, the day after the album came out, and I was just, like, you know, driving around listening to it, because this bumps in the whip. Like, oh, yeah, 100%. Like, crazy. And, uh... Uh, so I'm in the basement. So then whenever like the car gets turned on, it'll connect to my phone automatically. And my mom, like my mom put it in reverse and like, you can't change like the music when it's in reverse. Cause like the fucking camera will come on. Yeah. And like one of the, I don't know what song came on, but like, <laughs> she was like, she was freaking the hell out. Cause it was just like, it was like one of the toxic songs. It might've been misogyny or something oh, like that. Hell. But, but she was like, Oh my God, I thought I heard the devil. <laughs> like <laughs> I was like dying. But, uh, yeah, no, we were talking about it because massaging me, uh, that literally sounds like he's saying misogyny. Yeah. <laughs> like, the whole time. And I was just like, I was listening to that, I was like, yo, this is crazy. But, yeah, the production, like, I, I wouldn't say, like, it's, like, the best production we've heard uh, consistently. But just the his energy on the project and uh, his flow, definitely. We're definitely the highlights for sure. Uh, for me, I think yeah. for some reason I like High Off Life though. High Off Life and like yeah, no, I like it too. Fuck High Off Life, I still go back to that. I, uh, too comfortable. Oh, 
the one of the song of Thugga too. That one was fucking unreal. Yeah. For me, I I don't know what I like better, High Off Life or this. So I'm like, I it's a good album, but I don't know. Like I loved High Off Life because that High Off Life album is a bounce back from Future, in my opinion. And then this album reestablished Future back in terms of like dominates, right? Yeah. So I don't know, like. I gotta listen to these albums. I might need to jump back to High Off Life yeah. one more time in order to figure out to see which one's better. I will say, like, and if we compare, like, because obviously Life's Good is is a classic, you know. R.I.P. to the producer. Yeah. Definitely. But I do think, like, Drake, like, even, like, the Wait For You record, I really fuck with that record. Like, <laughs> and Thames, oh, yeah, it's Thames is the first uh, Nigerian on, uh, again, number one. So, like, that's big. Really? Yeah, that's big as well. And uh, directly born in Nigeria, like I'm sure there's a lot of like yeah artists who have been you know a family from there that have won- gone to number one before, but mm-hmm. that's big. And uh, and she's having like a big like you know from obviously the the seal beat track yeah uh, was definitely a highlight on there. But yeah, I I love this. Like uh, we'll get into the top five songs and we'll get kind of get issues kind of take here. Yeah, the intro, uh, the uh, the sample on there. Uh, Killer Mike and uh, Big Boy, they they sampled that on Kill Jill. Yeah. On like uh, Big Boy's last album, uh, or not last album, the one before that. Two albums, yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, I believe that's uh, Data 2.0 or uh, Quaylick is the actual original. Um, but yeah, good good sample. Uh, Gold Stacks, like mm. crazy track. Puffin on Zooties is like, <laughs> that track is, and I saw so many people like saying this track is a trash. I don't know. This his flow in there was like crazy. Like that was I don't know. That was that's classic future flow right there. That was that that was classic future. That was like future flow where it's like move that dope future. He's like he's taking drugs mid mid verse and then it's just like the whole flow switches up. Yeah. But uh yeah, I love that. Uh massage me, definitely crazy. Um and yeah, both Drake features, like I said, are highlights. Uh but yeah, we're your top five songs and then issue we'll get you to come in here and uh just talk your overall thoughts on uh, Future Hendrix. For my top five songs, I'm on one. Definitely, definitely the Afflicted with with Dirk. I, I like Dirk killed that song. I am so shocked that they left that song off the regular album. I, I love Dirk's verse on there. Gold Stacks, Gold Stacks, definitely the set. What was this? The seven to twelve. Seven to twelve PM. That's mine as well. Massaging me, definitely. You gotta put that song on there. I give a bonus. I'm adding like me as well, and I'm um, also adding that the other Drake song too. I keep forgetting the name, but that's the one. Uh, wait, wait for you. Wait for you. Wait for you. Yeah, adding wait for you as a bonus. Like I said, this list might change throughout the day or week because like this this album is this is a good album to bump in the summer. I, I, I this is definitely it 100 percent. all right issue uh so yeah what are your general thoughts if you listen to any of the tracks in the album and then uh also your general thoughts on a uh, future as an artist i think i don't know what song specifically i mean i heard the the song uh one of the songs with drake and it was pretty it was pretty good but i heard a few of the other songs when i went to go see spizzy he was playing um a lot of the songs of the album in his car and i say future got some bops on there and it's like for me for me to like really get into it and enjoy it, I got to be like turned up and, and hyped up to listen to it because he got a lot of. I mean, all the songs in there, of songs and like like gym bangers, you, like energized and shit like that. But nonetheless, from the songs I heard, it's a it's a pretty decent project for for me. Considering I'm not a casual future listener, 
and etc. And I think Future as an artist is, I don't know, he's iconic. Um, he's iconic and and he's empowering and motivational at the same time. Just in a, just not in the way that people think he is. You know, yes. it's in a different way. But yeah, that's pretty much my take on it. Yeah, I I, I want to say something like that popped in my mind right here. Was, you guys watched ASAP Rocky Dream? I don't know if it's if it's out yet, but there's the Dream Champs of ASAP Rocky, um, on there. So, um, I think Nori asked him a question. ASAP Rocky started something, and then Nori was just like, "Yeah, kind of like the future thing, you know." And then um, I don't know if I sent you guys this. They asked him about Travis, right? Yeah, that's that episode. Was that where? Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyways, there's one part like one of the clips was like. Oh, um, kind of like what Future did, right? And then ASAP Rock is like, what, you, what do you mean by that? So no, And then um, Nori's like, yeah, like, apparently he met Scotty Pimpin, and Scotty didn't want to take his picture, and then ASAP Rock is like, oh, then he fucked his bitch! It was the funniest shit ever, but, like, that whole, like, the moment I knew Future is an all-time great is not off DS2, not off Evolve, or anything like that. It's the memes, bro. The memes and the fucking lyrics and the shit he says on interviews have me dying. Like, if you were if you were to think about future, there's multiple lines that come off of my top of my head. But for the last year or two, dirty soda, spike, glee, fully loaded, A P white girl, ice tea. I just fucked your bitch on some Gucci flip flops. Like, that whole, like, non-rap listeners know that fucking bar. Like, even my girlfriend knows that. Like, when I say that, like, Dirt is so to Spike Lee, she starts finishing the rest. I'm like, oh, shit. So, I, I love Features Brand. I love what he's doing right now. And he's almost 40. So, you know, based on what's going on in Atlanta, we have to... No, I don't want to say protect future because it's some shit that some of these bitches can just go after him for that he might deserve. Um, talk about girls, not the feds or anything like that. But we gotta cherish every moment we have with this guy right here. Because of Thugga, Gunna, and all the rest of those guys, and and little baby being watched like closely and like, you know, we gotta like cherish every moment we have a future in case he gets caught up slipping or some shit like that. That's the way I think of it. Awesome. And then let's give our ratings out of 10. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to give this uh, 8 out of 10. Yeah, like I said earlier, I definitely wish there was a little bit more high-energy songs. Uh, but yeah, I did appreciate you know some of the slower songs uh, for sure. But yeah, good project nonetheless. And uh, yeah, definitely a return to the form. We're return to form for future. Uh, but what about you, VZ? I'll give same thing. I'll give it 8 out of 10. Um, it might move to 8.5. Just I gotta jump back between High Off Life and this because I really enjoyed High Off Life. There's one thing I was just I I need to mention. I was kind of disappointed we didn't hear any Metro Boomin production on here, right? In my opinion, besides Wheezy, the other two best producer futures future is hit at his at his best with Michael made it. Like Michael, I haven't heard of him and a Michael made it beat since maybe the Creed Two soundtrack, which was like twenty eighteen. People forget Move That Dope is probably one of Future's like hardest songs. Not only because that's Push Up, but this motherfucker made Pharrell talk about dope, and he fresh he freshly made Happy. So that's number one. I kind of wish there was more Metro Boomin Metro Boomin production on here because. 
whenever those guys link up, it's pure magic. But yeah, I do need to listen back to High Off Life, compare the two, because those two are kind of similar vibes, you know what I mean? High Off Life gave me a little bit of like a sample of Hendrix, Pluto, no, excuse me, Hendrix, Future, and DS2. But this album carried more DS2, like flow, and then Hendrix with like the with the slow melody songs. But it's gonna be interesting, man. I'm gonna go back to it in the next couple of days. Um, just like it was almost dry, just to make sure, like, get, give it like a comparison between the the two previous uh, albums that both res- respective artists have dropped. Yeah, awesome. And uh, so this wraps up episode uh, 50. It's 50. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Almost two years now. But yeah, thanks a lot for me and Issue uh, and VZ as well. Thanks again, VZ, for coming on the platform again. Uh, it, was only, it was only meant to be that you came on for episode 50, of course. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Issue, any last thoughts for you? And I'll let you uh, wrap this uh, one up. Yeah, uh, of course, I have to thank everyone who still listens to the podcast and tunes in and supports us. I also want to thank VZ for hopping on this episode after all the delays and shit and it's 50 episodes so it's time so it's time to really go crazy and lock in for the next i don't know next 50 yes sir yeah i do want to send another thing to you go check out issues new single that's definitely something you gotta check out and his new album as well definitely definitely worth listening to i need to dissect it a little bit more this is that type of album you gotta sit back and chill and just you know, analyze everything because issuing some different shit on that album and it's in a good way. So yeah. you got to definitely check that out. And also just be safe out there, guys. I already told you guys at the beginning of the podcast. I'll be honest right now. I am not gang gang. I do not gang bang. All right. So I'm in it on that. As my boy 50 would say on the 50th episode of the Savant Podcast. G-Unit. Season, and I'm feeling like stripes. They hating on me and my homie Cause our mind's not in life They mad cause we just got the passion Never slacking or lagging The funny thing is step up to us You know we bout that action But look Oh.